Hi, and welcome to Does This Make Me Look Old? A podcast about aging as gracefully as possible when you're just not ready. We're two 40-something-year-old friends who find themselves kind of straddling that really odd period of time when aging and everything that it's associated with is starting to become a much bigger part of our lives. We're definitely curious, but at the same time, rather terrified about aging. I'm Shiv. I'm a health science nerd and pop culture fiend. And I'm Sim, an adult in waiting, obsessed with finance and self-help books. We're going to be talking about the stereotypes of aging and how they affect us. And we'll also be doing some deeper dives um, into some interesting topics, such as what it's like to get old in the society, dating when you're older, and scientific advancements in anti-aging products, and even evolution and scientific thinking around aging. And throughout it all, we chat, rant, laugh about our adulting mishaps, of which there are so, so, so many. So join us as we navigate our second quarter life crisis. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Does This Make Me Look Old? I'm Sim, and with me here... I'm Shiv. Hi. (laughs) How's it going, Shiv? Not bad. How are you? Not too bad, actually, especially after the last week's um, incredibly tired uh, podcast where we were kind of starting to ramble and become incoherent. I'm I'm in a better place today. Yeah, I feel like last last week's podcast was like ill-timed, but anyway, <laughs> it's like close to your bedtime. <laughs> You've been going on like four hours sleep. <laughs> yeah, and like a crazy week. Both you and I had crazy weeks that week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm about to have another pretty bad week. So I'm like, I'm already like getting that anxiety. We're recording on a Sunday. So <laughs> I'm already starting to get that anxiety where I'm just like, oh, God. I'm not ready for next week. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this week, next week's going to suck. <laughs> oh. So I actually am going to introduce this week's topic because I find it so hilarious. Um, so I just kind of want to set it up for our um, listeners. Um, so is that okay? Should yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> so, so basically, you guys might know, you know, that if you're into climate change and all of those, like, you know, we had the COP twenty six, and and Greta Thunberg did a uh, gave a speech there. And um, anyway, recently in the Guardian, there was a podcast about three climate activists and they're very young they're like teenagers um and you know very very yeah, active. Were, yeah. so yeah. I, it's just trying to remember. I'm like were they teenagers but they were yeah they were they were they're like kids like I think like one's like 13 or 14 one's like 18 19 you know yeah they're all children and uh it, it's you know they're basically talking about young people and activism versus like, you know, how people are not doing a lot. And it, it, the, the topic itself and, and perhaps the podcast might have been a little triggering for Shiv. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of wanted to delve into that and um, listen and, and, find out like what was it about the podcast uh because you're heavily into you know um climate change issues and all of that right so i'm kind of curious to hear a what was your initial reaction when you listened to the podcast and b 
why okay yeah the way you did and you you feel free to add color to what your preliminary reaction was yeah so I, I was listening to this podcast I forget what date it was from I feel like it was from two weeks ago but mm-hmm. don't quote me I feel like it was from two weeks ago so I was listening to it two weeks ago and I was just like yeah I found it super triggering and then like I was like I think we need to talk about like generations and <laughs> Like, I'm not necessarily generation generation divides as they like relate to climate change, but maybe sort of. Anyway, okay. So I, I I'm just. Oh, I thought trying that's to... where you were going to go. Oh okay, no, no, I am. I, I guess I am. But like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. I feel so. Therefore, yeah. I kind of want you to take a deep <laughs> breath. <laughs> yeah. And start at the very beginning. Once yes, upon a okay. time. So I'm listening to this podcast. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of things that I want to talk about because this podcast felt super triggering. Um, so okay, so let me start off. So I'm like listening to this podcast, really interested, in to, like really interested to hear what these climate activists are about to talk about because you know, like the the thread in the media is that you know the children, like basically the children are are climate change future, right? Like that they're taking on the mantle of climate activism. It's their world and they're going to be, you know, they're going to be the, the change that we need. Right. Which is fine. Like mm-hmm. that's the, that's the media line right now. And that's fine. Is it though? Is it? Oh really? yeah. That is, I feel like that is like, if you just, if you've just been reading a lot around climate no, no, change, as in, do you feel that's fine? Is my question. Oh, oh, I mean, I feel like, yeah, they're going to have to take it on because, like, a lot of us are getting older and at the end of the day, like, the majority of, like, the really bad effects of climate change will happen, after, I'm I'm sure. Like, I mean, they're already starting to happen, but, like, I feel like the brunt of it, like, the really, really bad stuff will probably happen after I die. <laughs> so, so, yeah, like... I won't be around to take care of it. So who else is going to be? You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's going to be the generations. It's Got going to be like the people in the decades that were born after us, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. So yeah, so I'm listening to this, listening, like super happy that there are these like super young, like kids basically, who are taking on quite like large responsibilities in terms of climate change. Like I think one of them was part of like... Um, a lawsuit involved in um, child. So basically they, they took an interesting tact, which what tack, tact, tack, anyway, whatever, um, whatever that word is. Um, <laughs> they took an interesting approach, let's say, to tackling t- climate change, which was to sue the UN on behalf of child's rights, which is like really cool I was like wow that's like a that's such an like that's such an innovative way of like trying to affect change right like it's not something that I would have thought of as a teenager like I'm really impressed that these kids are like taking these like not necessarily circuitous ways but just sort of like it's a little bit like out of the box thinking in terms of how to affect change right unfortunately (laughs) I think that I think the uh, lawsuit was quashed. So at the end of the day, like nothing happened. But um, yeah, like so anyway, all this to say, super happy that these kids are taking over, super happy that they're like, you know, taking on this mantle. But as I was like listening to this podcast, 
And I, it wasn't the kids. It wasn't the kids that were triggering. It was the interviewer who was triggering. Yeah. So I feel, yeah. So I feel like the interviewer okay. was like super sure. triggering <laughs> to me because like at some point he like says something about how I feel like, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, so don't quote me. Like this is like, I this is like my interpretation of what he was saying. Right. This is not verbatim. So then like, he was saying something along the lines of, I feel like climate change is taking, is like, is becoming a more, or it's like becoming more important now, like compared to time, like compared to the future. And after that, I fucking lost it. And I was just like, okay. what the fuck, asshole? <laughs> okay. Like, I'm just like, I'm sorry, but climate change has been a problem <laughs> since the fucking, like, like, Okay, the whole littering campaign, what? And I'm like, yeah, because like the whole we littering kids, campaign right? and like taking yeah. care of the environment since the fucking yeah. 70s. Like, since the 70s, that was an issue. Like, since before I was born. And yeah. then like, like, and then through my childhood, like it was all about like, don't litter and, you know, like, like take care of the, you know, take care of the rivers and mm-hmm. the lakes and like, you know, the land. And then like, and then climate change started becoming like a real issue in the late 80s because like, the ozone layer started, you know, diminishing because of like CFCs. So that was a thing. And then yep. like, and then after that, there was um, like greenhouse, the greenhouse effect, which is what's actually causing like, which is causing our climate change right now. And then, and we talked about it all through like the late eighties and nineties. And I'm just like, this isn't fucking new. <laughs> like, it's not like suddenly it's been invented, like in like the two thousands, like Al Gore wrote, like Al Gore had that fucking movie. <laughs> and like, we all watched it. Like, what the fuck, man? I was so pissed. Yeah, like, exactly. Idiot. <laughs> yeah. Now it makes sense. I was wondering, cause when I was listening, when you were like, listen to it, right. And then I was like, okay. And then I started listening to it and, and um, I think one of the kids actually says, like, why, like, you know, it isn't about a generational divide. And they all reference stories of yeah. their teachers or Al Gore, yeah. in fact, you know, the, the in- inconvenient truth, right? Like, um, they, they, they refer to those kind of materials. So reasons why they learned about this, right? Like, or as in how they learned about uh, as part of their research as they got into climate change issues. So um, I was wondering about this because for me, the triggering part, um, I wasn't triggered, but I was very annoyed by the interviewer, not so much as the kids, because I was like, well, the kids, yes, they are, you know, they have that thing of youth where it's like, oh, we're doing it because no one else will. And I'm like, oh, like, okay, but you are children. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you're kind of working on the shoulders of others because you don't know how shitty it was in the fifties. Like, like, just watch. It's so funny. Like, I still remember that scene in like Mad Men where it was like, you know, they all have that picnic and then they just like get up and leave and the litter just kind of like blows off the hill. And you're just kind of like, and but like the thing is, is like that's yeah. what it was like. Like back in the day, nobody picked up their litter. Like so, and it's just like, changes. So like, yeah, and and you know, people, yeah. you know, through the 80s and 90s, as you mentioned, you know, like um, they started worrying about these kind of things, right? The documentaries that came out during that time that tried to bring up all these. Um, you know, health impacts and, and economic impacts of, of climate change. And you're right. Um, but 
I was wondering where you're going with this, but now it's starting to make sense. So please. Yeah. Yeah. So I found the interviewer super triggering. I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? You idiot. Like, and I don't know if he was like, and I don't know if he was doing it just like, I don't even understand. I was just like, you do realize you're wrong, right? Like climate change isn't like a new issue. It's been, it's been around for like decades now. And I, but the other thing I thought was maybe he was hoping that somebody would take the bait which is trying to create a generational divide because one of the kids did the one of the kids just like, I think naively took the bait Mm -hmm. and then like started talking about how like it was hard to affect change among her family and how like the older people in her family, i.e. people in their twenties and (laughs) thirties, like wouldn't listen to her being like, you know, like wouldn't listen to her, please in order to take care of the environment but then I think one of the other girls kind of like brought it back and was just like no it's actually not a generational divide really like you know and whatever but like yeah I I still remember I think one of the one of the climate activists did did like try to or not try but I think that they mistakenly took the bait from the interviewer but anyway (laughs) It was kind of funny. But, you know, it is. But, you know, uh, I've actually, like, just looking back, um, just like at recent headlines, you are right that the media is positioning it as though um, this is a new thing, like that they've never come across. And that it's the Gen Z that's taking up, like, oh, my God, it's because of them that this has become an issue. Yeah, yeah. I know. And the thing is, it's like, it's not really like it, I, like, and, and I don't know. And I, this is what I have a trouble, like, coming to grips with. This is like, why is the media taking this tap, like, tactic? Because on the one hand, fine, I do get it. It's like, it, it will affect, it will affect people younger than me more than it has affected me. Although I'm like, we're going like, you know, to, potentially true, live. right? Like, like, the, like the young people. well is it though no no I mean like but the technically is it because like the thing is is that if you think about us like we're in our like middle age mm-hmm. we could potentially live for another like five decades it's possible for us to live up to five more decades mm-hmm. which is a long fucking time mm-hmm. and so like it, like sometimes I wonder if the media is just trying to almost fob it off on Gen Z mm-hmm. it's just like it's not really our problem it's your problem you know, so like maybe you should deal with it because we don't want to, you know, and it's just like, I, I don't know that we should really be doing that. Like it's that kind of all of our problems. Yeah. We have to kind of get our act together and get it done. I don't know. Like the whole, like the whole like COP 26, like the whole, I don't know. I was just like reading bits and pieces of it. And I was just like, is anything really getting done? Like, I know a bunch of them think that they're like, you know, putting a lot into action. And I was just like, yeah, but is it enough? Like, I know like, like Modi, for example, like said that, you know, they would like India was going to try to become, was, was going to try to cut down their carbon footprint by like 2070. And I'm like, that's a long fucking time away and it might be too late. So like, what are you doing? You know, right. like, ugh, I know. I'm just annoyed by it all. Like everyone's just kind of like dragging their feet. And the thing is, is like, and I think what also irritates me is that, like, it isn't a new thing. It's been happening for, like, at least 30 to 40 years. And then and nobody's really moving very much in order to get anything done. 
It's like you had four decades. Like, okay, fine. Maybe when it first started, you didn't really know very much about it. Couldn't get your shit together. And like in the 90s, like we started understanding a little bit more about it and its effects. The 90s were sadly a long time ago. So <laughs> like, like what? We've all just been twiddling our thumbs for the last 30 years. Like it's just really very frustrating. Like I get why Greta gets upset because it's just like it's been it a is, long time. It is. <laughs> yeah, no, it has been a very long time. Um, but, you know, I think you bring up a really good point. Like one of the things that worry me is that, it's great, first of all, that a lot of corporations are now starting to talk the talk, right? I don't know if they're walking the walk yet, though. Um, they're talking the talk in terms of like, oh, we are trying to be sustainable. You know, we worry about three things, the three Ps, you know, people, uh, profit, profit people and planet. Um, it's a thing, right? Like where now they're like, oh, look, we're going to start taking care of the world. We are we have all these initiatives to give back. Uh, I saw an ad the other day where they're like, oh, it's a coffee table made out of coffee grounds. Um, you have, you know, sustainable clothing. But I just don't know yet if A, it's enough, but B, um, I guess it worries me that we don't necessarily have the right standards and protocols in place or controls in place to actually ensure that they're all being um, uh, like trying to do good for the planet. Like I just yeah. worry that they're sort of almost cashing in on this trend overall. Like you yeah. know, it's like, Oh, you know, Gen Z's like they live by their values, but, also, young people are still learning how to do their research and stuff. And not to say that they don't do research, but, you know, just being under the influence of social media, being under the influence of, you know, um, quick sound bites. How often yeah. do they rely or do we like, like, let's not even call it a generational thing, right? Like, mm. how often are we influenced by quick snippets of headlines and, you know, TikTok videos and Instagram ads or whatever and say, yeah, that's good enough. It looks like a legit company. They must be right and they must be green. And ergo still give in to that capitalism and consumerism yeah, and with a yeah, exactly. label stuck on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. that's well, the I part can, that worries can, me a lot, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can tell you, like, about my little foray into trying to be cruelty-free. So, like, I'm, like... So, I mean, and I'm not that great at it. So don't think like I'm some paragon of being cruelty free, but like, like I'm really grateful that there are people out there who do the research and like look into it because like, okay. So for the longest time, I always thought like Mac Canadian company was like cruelty free. That was their shtick in the nineties when they like came onto the scene, they were considered cruelty free. Now they sell in China. So basically any, makeup company that sells in China is automatically not cruelty. Oh, really? So, yeah, because the thing is, is that like China mandate or not mandates, but like basically China, their law or their policy is that if there's a product that is sitting on their shelf, they can actually lift that product off the shelf to then carry out post consumer testing on animals. So if there's something that's being sold in China, like on, like definitely on the shelf like yeah it's it's not it's automatically not cruelty free it doesn't matter if like all of the testing that was done pre like if, if all the testing that was done before the product was actually made is considered cruelty free so like everything through a chain could have been totally cruelty free but the minute that you actually sell in china 
off off the list. Really? Yeah. So Mac is now sells in China, not cruelty free. So like, but the thing is, is like, I didn't know that. And so like, when I went through my like whole cruelty free, like foray or whatever, like I, uh, like, this is what I learned. And like, you don't realize how, like, especially now with like companies and how, you know, one company buys another company, buys another company, and they're all conglomerates. So the thing is, is that like one company could technically be cruelty free, but then it's parent company might not be and so like so then the question is is like do you buy like do you buy from that company now because technically like like you know like it it starts getting really hazy right right? so then like so even in like the cruelty free domain you have to do your research because you don't know whether or not this like and then the other thing is is that like there's only like even the certification around being cruelty-free isn't necessarily like cut and dried. So something could be, well, I mean, you can get certification like through PETA and through like, um, I think it's like Leaping Bunny. Like, so like if, so those are like definitely like certifications that like say that like this company has like passed through our regulations and like we as, we as like a certification company are calling this cruelty-free, but like a lot of companies. So for example, like, Fenty, for example, calls themselves cruelty-free. They're not PETA or Leaping Bunny certified. So, like, what's your proof that you're cruelty-free, right? Like, so, anyway. But, like, and I find the same thing for, like, corporations. Because it's just kind of like, okay, we're, like, pro-climate. Like, you know, we're, like, pro-climate and anti-climate change. But then, like, what are you actually doing? Like, you have to, like, yeah, it's just, like, so many levels of research that you have to do in order to figure out whether or not something is actually what it purpose to be right mm-hmm. so yeah like it's just uh and it can be a lot of work which is why like just why like for my at least for my for me and like the cruelty free domain i'm like super happy for like all of these websites that they where they actually go through the research and they like call up the companies and try to figure out exactly like what like where in the chain they are cruelty free or not cruelty free mm-hmm. things like that so yeah like whether or not they sell sell in mainland china whether or not they don't you know that type of thing so it's um it's interesting yeah so yeah the other thing i find funny is like i like fi- financial people are starting to get into this whole ethical investing and ethical yeah, like it just like it's profitable now, right? And that's what I'm trying to say, you know, like and you're, yeah. you're right. Like it's great. I think I think it's a combination. I think, you know, uh it's um people who've grown up with, you know, like 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 you said, like you know, in the 90s people started to pay attention. So, you know, like you know, the more you learn, the more you start thinking of a how to make it economically feasible. And then there have been people who have um, been trying to do, you know, the ethical thing, but, you know, there's always going to be some kind of, I think for now, anyway, at least in our lifetime, there's going to be some kind of tension overall between the economics of it and the ethical uh, <laughs> returns of it. And the more we can make them closer and align together. So maybe those financial people who take up this mantle because it's, um, there's some profit to be made or because it jives with their ethical values you know it'll start becoming more of a thing and more of a way of life rather than you know yeah i mean like i think Meghan markle and prince harry are like put their you know like name behind some like an ethical investing company and i think like that's that's it's interesting that there's an entire company that's like just built around like ethical investing Mm -hmm. it's funny because like 
what I find odd, or I don't know if it's odd or ironic or like, I don't know, there's something that just like jives mm-hmm. and just gives me like this weird feeling. But like, anyway, like I was talking to this financial planner of mine and like, so I, I told, I told them from the outset, I was like, I don't want to invest in anything to do with fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. And, and then they were like, oh, but our like ethical product has fossil fuels in it. And I was like, well, then take them out because I don't want to invest in them. Like, you know, like it, they contribute to climate change. I'm not giving money to oil companies. I'm sorry. Like, I don't care yeah. if the Canadian economy depends on it. Like, that's not the way to go. So then like, like, I don't want my money basically supporting this. And like, but the funny thing is, is that like, they were like, well, and then this was the argument they were like, well, but they're really profitable. Like it'll take a chunk out of your, yeah, it'll take a chunk out of your retirement fund if you don't. And I was just like, fuck you. Like, that's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. And that's, that's just it, right? Like, I think there's a long way to go. Um, so it's great that, you know, um, people of different generations are, um, or, you know, like there are more and more people getting into it and, and trying to move towards it. Um, but, um, you know, I can just foresee that, you know, that, um, there's going to be loopholes, there are going to be different areas, um, that are going to travel at different speeds towards this. Right. And, and it's going to take a while for, I guess the world to sort of all level out and and actually think of living a sustainable, cruelty free, green lifestyle. Yeah, you know it's going to take a while, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is, is that like sometimes I wonder if it's also like a rich nation, poor nation thing because it's just like. I don't know. Like it's it's one thing for rich nations to be all like, oh, we're trying to be. Mm-hmm you know, green and clean and whatever, but like, like a lot, like, for example, like in India, like a lot of the powers is, is driven by coal. Mm -hmm. And so like, what's the alternative? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, okay, so now you're telling them like, not to deal, like not to do anything using coal, but like a lot of like food is cooked on coal, you know, Mm -hmm. like, homes are heated with coal so like what's the infrastructure that you're going to give them in order to like make the switch right like it's just kind of like I don't know it's it's like a it yeah like and I think that's the problem like I understand I understand the need for change quickly because unfortunately the planet's warming up at like a very very fast rate but at the same time like what are you doing in order to help other countries get to that point you know like anyway it's it's very long and complicated it is is incredibly long and complicated um like one of the things um you know like growing up here I know that you know we we tend to sort of like you know be a little bit judgmental when we see people uh with plastic water bottles or you know a lot of plastic in their homes but um when I visited uh Bangladesh um I've noticed, you know, I noticed like that's a very common thing at home, right? Like in people's homes. But the thing mm-hmm. is, they're actually reusing the same bottles and mm-hmm. or they're using it for other purposes. So there's a lot of recycling, reusing um, things that they come across, um, you know, 
however they come across it. It's not like they're necessarily going out and buying it. Um, they might actually have found something and then just use it. And they're not really thinking about, oh, it's plastic. It's not plastic. They're just sort of looking to see if there's a way they can utilize it and extend its shelf life or, you know, utilization rate for their lives. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a function of not having enough money, right? So they might, someone might give them something, it's a box, and that box will be in the family for generation, you know, and it's a paper box, but they've used it for storing, like, a lot of things, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just interesting to sort of see how, um, you know, in, in countries like India and Bangladesh, like, they might not actually know a lot at least not everyone would right like especially um the poorer people uh they might not have the education to sort of understand like the implications to the planet but just out of necessity they're actually lives a little bit i don't know if that's true like i think that like yeah i don't know if that's true like i think it's more like they they may know it's just that they just don't there's no like what are you supposed to do when like, what are you supposed to do when, like, you're, like, you can't when buy, you can't, you can't buy it, or you can't afford it? Like, yeah, it's not that they don't know. I think it's that they, they may know. They may know very well. They probably see it all around them. But like, when you're only making so much money, then you can't, like, you know, like maybe coal is a cheaper option to heating your home than like trying to like you know, wire it all up with like electricity and whatnot. You know, like it's just or, or it's, fertilizer fuel. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's just like, like what's being done, what's being done for the person at the ground level. Right. And I think that's the other thing that kind of bothered me about that podcast on the guardian. Cause like, I don't think they talked about the economic disparities. Like it was just kind of like, even though they had an Indian climate activist, like, I don't think she really like touched on the economic disparities and how like, um, well, she's very young. She's more, like it sounded like, wasn't she the little girl, uh, the girl who was talking more about like influencing her family? Yeah. 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 She was the one. And yeah. she was 14. And like, yeah. And she was talking about influ- trying to influence her older 20 and 30 year old like, <laughs> family members. And then her grandparents, I think she was trying to talk about. We're probably them, in right? the 40s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's different. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I got the sense that her grandparents were quite old, but like still, like, it's just kind of like, yeah, like, yeah. And I think like they should, I felt like they should have talked more about the economic disparities. I don't think, she, yeah, you're right. She probably wasn't at the level to talk about the economic disparities. I don't think, and I think that was the, that was the missing part was like, okay, I'm really all glad that you were like helping out with climate change, but like, I want you to be talking about how, we as like individuals are going to try to shift corporations into thinking mm-hmm. about climate change. Yeah. Cause I don't want the lip service. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're a fucking corporation, you want to make a profit off of me. And then you're giving me lip service about climate change. Like fucking do the work. Like, I don't like, it's just like, I don't know. I'm it, like, I don't like, it's like, it, it all comes like even that financial planner. Oh, but oil is profitable. Like what? <laughs> like, like, I, I was just like, what the hell? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> so so it, it's the overall topic of climate change that had you triggered more than the generation, age generational thing. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe like maybe the whole maybe the whole topic was triggering, or like I think, or or like maybe even the interviewers like need to like play off the generational divide, you know? Yeah. Like there is no, I'm like okay, that's the part that I, I is there like. Even? Yeah, that was the part that I didn't like. Like, I think yeah, it was great. I think the you know the kids overall. Um, some were a little bit more mature than the others, you know, overall. Yeah. Yeah. Age and stages of life. I expect them to, you know, um, learn a lot more or, or at least uh, expand. Yeah. You know, their um, understanding and in a way, um, compassion too. Right. Because there isn't going to be a one size fits all and a standardized approach for, like you said, for out of necessity for different areas of the world or different economic you know, um, strata. Yeah. Yeah. Culturally, there's going to be different um, differences in an approach and, and how things, you know, get adopted um, across the board. So there's going to be a lot of, um, there's going to be a need for compassion, I think, and understanding overall. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think that the kids were lacking in no, compassion. No, no, they are not. They're not. Yeah. But I, mean, like, I think it was more that- as we move towards it. That, that, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I think that, yeah, and I just feel like um, there just has, there just needs to be, like, a better coordinated effort. I think, I, anyway, I was, like, reading this New York Times article, and I wonder if this is, like, something that the media is also trying to play up. But, like, you know, like, they were talking about the gener- generational divide between, like, climate activists and the people at the COP summit, which is interesting. Like, it is interesting that the median age of the people at the COP summit was, like, 60 I think only like 10 members were were female. So it's basically like old white men <laughs> are at COP26. And then like and then the rest of the and all the climate activists are tend to be like young and female, which isn't which is interesting. But at the same time, I was just like, but is there like truly a generational divide? I feel like the majority of people, regardless of age, are actually like like pro-change in order to combat like climate effects. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know that there is really a generational divide and I don't know that it really serves anybody to create this generational divide. And it's I really agree strange. hundred percent. And, and I think yeah. that the narrative needs to shift. Um, and you're right. Like that's, that's the part, like, I think that, you know, that I guess I, I'm trying to sort of um, say, you know, like, like, let's just focus on figuring out, like, what needs to happen together and polit- and corporations and politicians need to sort of, you know, put people ahead of anything else. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying like, you know, to be um, stupid about it or, you know, like, willy-nilly like just jump in without thinking through um the solutions but they need to be open to the idea that you know like you said like maybe the profits are just a little bit less um you know it's not going to for the longer run it's going to be the better solution and so like why can't we bring ourselves to you know temper down our expectations of how much economic growth we have to sort of, you know, see how much actual people, uh, well-being growth we actually have overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I I think eventually the corporations will probably get it. I don't know how quickly they'll get it, but like, I mean, 
at least they're starting to talk the talk. That's like one thing. <laughs> no, it, 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 no, and it's a huge thing, right? Um, can compare, you know, it, it's like you said, like, you know, um, uh, like back in the 90s, Mac was, you know, seeing, um, you know, um, that they were seen and that was their shtick was to sort of be cruelty free, for example, right? And now it's no longer cruelty free, which, uh, first of all, I didn't, I hadn't even known that. But, um, but it's interesting because they must have started with the right intentions. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, so it's like, how do you get them to remember um, their uh, starting values, their founding values? Yeah. Well, but the thing is, is like, that's the other issue is that like Mac was bought out by another company, right? They're not like, they're not the original, the original company yeah. anymore. Right. So like their values actually like may, may not exist as like, company values like they're now subsumed into a larger conglomerate so it's just like and I think that's the other issue is it's like the way that corporations work nowadays everything's getting subsumed into other like larger and larger things so really they're like it's they're like a lot of things are just moving towards monopolies and it's just like well you know you I don't know that you can be as adaptable as a monopoly you know what I mean and like and the and this I know this attitude that it's all about the profits. Like, I think that has to change at some point too, because like, I think that there's like this divide between what's happening in corporations and like their, their, I don't know, their philosophy, which is like profit above all. And then like, and what's happening on the ground level, which is just like, no, we actually do care about what's going on in our world, you know? So I don't know. I don't know when those two things are going to actually like align. No, um, that's true. But I mean, hopefully, um, you know, even if it starts with tokenism, <laughs> uh, you know, um, it'll start the conversation and, and start moving the corporations in that direction. You know, like I said, like already um, there is like it's no longer at least for a lot of corporations i feel that the, just from talking the talk perspective definitely not walking the walk perspective um, mm-hmm. they're starting to shift uh, from profit above all to profit people and planet above all they just haven't figured out what that actually means and the consequences of that right so mm-hmm. but at least by shifting that to the three p's if you will right you know um it'll I don't like at a very glacial pace, but <laughs> um, hopefully it is going to start moving towards the right types of conversation and and building the right level of um, values in. To- yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess we'll see. And maybe with the new generation who will be forced to take on whether or not they want to, um, they sort of, you know, will continue to hold on steadfast to those values and say, nope, it still matters to me, you know, when they reach their 20s and 30s and they become old. <laughs> I think the oldest Gen Z is like, what, 25 years old now? But, um, you know, so... Uh, they'll start saying, yep, you know, uh, it still matters. I still care. And I'm still willing to pay a little bit of a premium for more sustainable products and consume less, actually. I think, honestly, one of the biggest things we can do is consume less overall in general, right? Like, like, it's something that I'm trying to, I'm trying, but I I fail uh, miserably on a, you know, day-to-day basis. It's so hard not to give in to 
convenience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is just that like, and like, and this, this goes to like what I always rant about in practically every podcast, I feel, <laughs> which is that like, like, I think it's like, it's, it needs, like, we need a cultural shift. Mm-hmm. Like we need a cultural shift. We need a cultural, um, and, and I'm, when I'm saying a cultural shift, I'm, I mean, in the sense that like, um, like our attitudes around work and life, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that, and I think that it's because we do live in this society of capitalism, yeah. because like, ultimately, like, ultimately, we are beholden to companies, companies that employ us, yeah. right? And so like, um, and I'm wondering if the pandemic will shift slightly, will shift things slightly, because now people are finding like the, um, they're, they're having, well, no, the thing is, is that on like, on the individual level, people are like, wow, I don't want to live this life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like True. it's like, life is too short. I don't, I don't need like whatever bullshit I'm, what mm-hmm. is going on. Like I want to like rejig my life. Right. Yep. And so I think like companies are starting to feel that change, like are trying, are starting to feel that the, the effects of that change because now they're having trouble hiring people for the same menial jobs that they did before, right? Like before it wasn't really, you know, it, like the ball wasn't in the individual's court, it was in the employer's court, mm-hmm. right? But now things are starting to shift. And I think like, I, I hope that that shift actually like continues for the better because in one sense, like I think that the reason that we live with so much consumerism mm-hmm. is because because of our lifestyles and our lifestyles are occur because of company culture. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, and like, I don't know if this makes any sense, but like, if you think about like a company wants to create profit, profit is created by getting as much work out of like employees for as little like money as possible mm-hmm. basically. Right. And so like the problem is, is that like people are working overtime, people <clears throat> are working multiple jobs. So like, so then what, what that ends up doing is people are crunched for time. What do they do? They get depressed. They get anxious. They, they don't actually have any time. And then what do you end up doing? Buying things on Amazon, creating like, you know, excess, like packaging and issues for like the environment. Like, so I think, like, I think it's all connected, right? Like, and I think that's what, that's what needs to change Mm -hmm. is to, is to break that cycle and just be like, this is not what we want. Like we want to live a better work-life balance. I want to work. I don't know, like what I was supposed to work, which was nine to five, go home, be able to like actually cook a meal, go to a farmer's market, buy some good food, bring it home as opposed to like ordering like ordering off DoorDash or Uber Eats or like whatever the fuck it is. Right. Like it's like, that's the problem. And I think that people like, that's what we need to advocate for, which is just like cutting the fucking capitalist structure. Like it's just, (laughs) I'm just laughing because I'm like, wow, (laughs) this is Shiv like literally taking a punching bag, uh, an iron glove and just going sim, boom. <laughs> All the times you've ordered in every day. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, I do it too, right? Like when I'm working at the hospital, I'm like pulling like crazy hours, and like, do I like, like, yeah, uh, like 
I'm usually ordering like from the hospital cafeteria or I come home and we order from like, you know, whatever. Like, but the thing is, is like, it's all contributing to it really is. poor, exactly. like it's, it's, it's on an individual level. It's, it's, it's like creating poor health mm-hmm. and like on a planet level, it's like contributing to climate change. So it's just like, I don't know. It's just very, like, and, and, just, and, you know, um, Taking the individual aside, like just to go back to corporations um, and companies, right? Like um, I find that a lot of the times the onus is pushed onto us as individuals to always worry and make changes. So I completely agree with you that, you know, yes, we want to shift the cultural mindset and and advocate for, you know, maybe slower living, less consumerism, less less needing to, you know, constantly seek convenience and speed above all, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I get that. But like the conversation really does need to start at the institution level. Uh, yeah. Like stop, you know, producing and stop utilizing and stop st- sucking so much out of... And your employees and stop, you know, promoting so much consumerism. Like, I feel yeah. like that shift also in parallel needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think on the one level, and I'm trying to do this, well, unsuccessfully, but like, <laughs> I'm trying to do this. It's just like, like, yeah, like, just, like, just try to take a step back and then just think about like, what you what you really need. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes like, yeah. Like, and I think that's the, that's the thing. It's just like, yeah, do I really need this? Or is it just like a want, you know? And so like, and I, and uh, I don't know, I don't know if that'll help because I'm, you know, like, cause at the end of the day, like it's just like a supply demand thing and like people, there's a demand then. But sometimes people actually, the demand is created. And I think that's yeah. the part that I'm trying to, you know, um, because we are underestimating how much demand is created for something, mm-hmm. right? Um, all the disruptor industries and products that we think of, um, people didn't actually know about it, didn't know how to think about it. We didn't have, we're not, we're imaginative, but we weren't that imaginative, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, and, exactly. And but it was created for us, and then all of a sudden we're like, "Oh, now we can want it." Yeah, and um, so I think that's the part where I'm like, "Well, that would be nice to not constantly feel like you have to have the next latest version of product X and product." Y. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to say don't <laughs> innovate, and that it's not to say don't improve, but you can't constantly push for minuscule improvements and exactly yeah yeah I know I was thinking about my phone actually with that you know it's just kind of like okay so now I have a you know 12.5 gigapixel camera as opposed to a 12 gigapixel camera you know what I mean it's just kind of like okay like why why do you need this why do you, you just have need, like, like nine cameras? Yeah, you have like nine cameras embedded into your yeah. phone. It's like, oh, great, wonderful. Like, now what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, and it's true. I know it's true. Like, like, and I think, like, I think it. I think of all the things mm-hmm. that something like your phone can give you now, especially back in the day when, like, literally, like. <laughs> 
having a cell phone was a big deal where you could just like call. That was the thing. You could just call and that was pretty amazing. And now it's just like, it's a little mini computer and I can take a, I can take pictures and you know, like it, it's like just became this like seamless part of your life. Right. But at the same time, it's just like the, the destruction on the planet that happens mm-hmm. like simply because you have a phone like it's just so simply because you keep upsetting. a new phone every nine months yeah 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 but then like that's the thing it's just like why why are you creating these minuscule changes and then giving people the option of like upgrading yeah. like like why don't you like actually make a massive change like three years down the line, but it's because you need to make a profit for that exactly. quarter. That's, you know? that's that short term yeah. value that we're yeah. all lusting after, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I mean, at least in the Western world, that's the other issue is that everything is based on short term, like even in our political system, like our political system, people only last for like four to five years. And it's just like, and that's all you think about, right? They only think about this short term, as opposed to like thinking long term, like 20, 30 years out and what they want to accomplish, you know? So it's just, and I think like it, it all kind of feeds into one another, yeah. one, one another, you know? But have you seen that? <sighs> anyway, I have to say that um, when I started, uh, like when I thought we were starting this episode today, that yeah. it was going to be like more about oh my gosh you know these different age generations approach climate change differently but I'm actually glad to see that it's actually not it's the opposite it's that uh, you know age um, doesn't have an impact necessarily on um, how people feel about you know climate change or at least how you and I feel about climate change yeah we're not going to be labeled and and categorized and bucketed as you know people who don't care or people who are unwilling to make changes simply as as a you know thing about our age right like as in um because of our age so i think that that's actually good <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah i mean yeah like at the end of the day like i wasn't actually upset at yeah, I wasn't upset at the um, kids at all. Like who are here? I'm calling them kids. These women, <laughs> they are, these young women. Oh my god! I didn't <laughs> that is disrespectful. Uh, they are no, they are young women. Um, you know, yeah, who are like, making a fantastic impact on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, so like, yeah, so really, like, with regard to that podcast, it really had nothing to do with those. Yeah, with those young women, it was more, I think it was more the way it was being framed. Like, it was being framed as this generational divide. And it was being framed, and climate change was being framed as this new phenomenon. And it was like, it's not a new phenomenon. No. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It isn't a new phenomenon. And, you know, people have been advocating for change. And it's the work of those people throughout the last 40 years that have led to this moment where our younger generation is in a position to speak up because to them, it seems logical and it seems like, you know, something that is a must have as part of their lives. And it's because mm-hmm. of the work that has been put in place, the foundational work, right? So, yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, I think we should call that an episode after everyone's like listened to me rant for like 20 minutes in a very, very incoherent manner. (laughs) (laughs) You know what though? I think that it's about the passion you feel, right? Which actually is very heartwarming, I think. (laughs) Aw, that's sweet. (laughs) All those swear words are actually because I'm passionate. (laughs) (laughs) We know that, you know, um, it is a reflection of, of the you know, how you feel about the planet and, and, and idiots around the world who don't actually take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, it's, it's more like you just want, like, at least, I don't know, this is how I feel personally, but it's just like you want your po- political leaders to do better, you know? Yes. Because like, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, yeah, we can all do our own, like, individual part. But, like, I think... There needs to be like the infrastructure there in order to help people do their part, you know, like, oh, I don't know. And that's a rant like, for a different day because <laughs> I know. Feel, like as someone who was a lot more vocal about her stances when she was younger, i.e., you know, when I was younger. Um, yeah, like the way I talk about politics and politicians now, that's with that sense of resignation. It's kind of like if you're not as evil as Trump, I give you a pass. You know, like, <laughs> like you're doing a good job. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm disappointed in myself for saying that, but honestly, like I feel like in the last five years or six years, there were so many awful situations around the world, right? And so many awful leaders and things that politicians supported or said that at this point, when I see something that deviates from those messages, yeah, I'm more lenient and forgiving of all your mm, other yeah. faults. <laughs> you get a buy. Holding them to a higher accountability, that seems like a luxury I, can't, I feel like I, we don't have. Yeah, which is sad. I think that's that's the sad state of our political system now is that we can't actually hold people to like an even higher standard. Yeah, like like this recent election, it was like, what the fuck, man? You guys all fucking suck. I know. Anyway, you know, another rant. We're definitely yeah. calling this an episode, not going into <laughs> it, and not going to give away and show how jaded I have become uh, when it comes to politics. So, yeah. Although I think that should be an episode because, like, yeah, like My I've had conversations right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's going to be me. You know how you were rambling and ranting incoherently. That's going to be me <laughs> <laughs> about like, Canadian <laughs> politics, U.S. politics, world politics. I'll get like all upset yeah yeah no no I mean no actually I wasn't gonna even touch the politics part but I'm curious well I'm just curious or to like delve into like how people's I don't know if it's activism or like fire or passion or something like changes over time because I've had this conversation with others which is just like when you're younger you have this kind of like idealism and like does it change over time or do you feel I think it does but but again that is no we are going to start the address this (laughs) 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 exactly anyway um so yeah so follow us on social you can find our social handles on our website it does this make me look old.com and um yeah if you want to email us uh 
please feel free to, I guess, rant with us, rant at us <laughs> at does this make me look old at gmail.com. <laughs> but <laughs> so I guess that's it. <laughs> Join us again next week um, for another episode of Does This Make Me Look Old. Bye. Bye.